Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the IT News Podcast. Our guest this week is Rexine Jones, who is both the Chief Information Officer and Chief Financial Officer of Hanson Youngkin, a major Australian construction company with annual turnover exceeding $1 billion. Now, this is an interesting story in two parts. First, we often talk about reporting lines and linkages between IT and finance. Rexine is the C-level executive for both functions, and so we delve into what that model looks like and how it plays out for IT. We then also explore the company's growing use of 3D modelling software to walk customers through the sequencing of their construction projects, improving transparency and explainability of risks. You're, as I understand it, both the CFO and the CIO. And so it's semi-common, I think, these days to see IT reporting into the finance function. I see it less maybe where the C-level role across both of those domains is the same person as well. So it'd be useful just to understand, I guess, how that's evolved. Has it always been this way where IT and finance has been led by the same person? So HY has definitely evolved in this place. I would actually say it's probably one of the most significant changes the organisation has taken. Historically, no, the role has not had both of the functions within it. But I think if we look back and look at what HY's culture and mandate has been over its 105-year history, they certainly have significant investment in not just personnel and teams, but also on the strategy and transformation. So I am the CFO and I am the CIO, and I like to think of it that I own both the bookends. And if we think about it digitally, there's two mouses and the mouses sort of maintain and move the space in between those two bookends. And it can be bigger and broader, or it could be smaller and controlled. And I think the value of having the CFO and the CIO together in the one area is I can allow investment to make that space as big as it needs to be. And I think if you've got discipline of thought and you've got discipline of process, then what you get is this magical outcome within the business of what I call entrepreneurship. And I think the technology that we have and the fact that the CFO and the CIO come together, it allows for an investment strategy that we have to continue along our IT journey. And that's quite important to us because in that sense, we've got people coming together organically. We've invested in the people to enter the business and they're being consumed within our projects. And what I mean by that and what I've seen within HY and what they do well is we really design our projects and design our roles for what I call organic strength. And that really means that people come into our roles and move through. So if we consider perhaps some five or six years ago, we had had one or two VDC engineers across the whole of our business. We now have eight to 10 supporting the business and they start off very much within the business and then they get absorbed. So we talk about organic growth. They get absorbed within other roles within our projects. So we're constantly taking our technology through from people who join our business through to our production, through to our operations, through to our projects, which means that we're connecting with our clients technology-wise as well. So it has been a very important, I think, decision for HY to make. And I think it's mutually respected between the functions as well of how we come together. And so as the CIO, I not just own a technology as in what we do with our servers and our hardware and our software, but now I own innovation and the operational space. 
it's a great role to have, I have to say, for any CFO to be in this place is really exciting because I can build the business case around financial investment for the future and I can use it based on data and analytics that's coming out. So it allows me to have that space to manoeuvre around as well. If we go back to that sort of two bookend analogy, I have the space and the capacity to create that environment for our business because by allowing the technology to continue through the functions through the business, to allow our staff to move through our functions and our business and develop them into more senior roles. I'm reducing the risk in the business as well. So my cash is not trapped within my projects as we build. So I don't have wit building up and I can use technology with our clients to help us unlock that. So look, I think it's a really great partnership that we have with our technology providers to allow the CFO and the CIO come together. And I think it's taking our partnership and our upstream and downstream suppliers to another level that perhaps none of our competitors are doing at this stage. And I think when you talked about mutual respect there, I, you mentioned both entrepreneurship and innovation as well. And I think part of the key to that sort of mutual respect thing is that traditionally, I guess, IT fears when it reports up into finance that the innovation and the entrepreneurship is going to be minimized or in some ways constrained. So I guess if the joint executive has the mindset and the remit to focus on innovation and entrepreneurship, then that main fear, I guess, of the reporting line is really allayed. Yeah, look, it is. And I feel hugely privileged to be in this role and also within the HY environment because the culture of HY, it's not about being totally locked down. It's not about total controls. And so the privilege that I have is about creating the discipline because everyone needs discipline. But as you say, really allowing the business to invest within that technology. If we think about that and we think sort of 10 years ago, we would have just bought a supplier, right? We would have just bought a software. We would have implemented the software. Now what we can do is we look at the cloud, we look at evolution, we look at data lakes and data twins. And really what we're doing now is reducing our capital investment, but allowing our suppliers to be a partner. And I think as you're saying, that ability to take the constraints away to provide a different perspective of how we evolve into the future is really what's going to make construction exciting. Construction really is a risk management process. So if I came in as just the CFO, I would come in with a very strong mindset about reducing risk. And I think technology allows us to do that if we're using it well in that environment. So I do think, as you're saying, you know, it really does take away that constraint of what people would typically see in a normal organisation where the roles are split. I also think if you bring it together, the benefit is that commercially, I can bring down the costs within the environment that create that circle of reinvestment, that create the circle of learning and development. So how do we invest in learning and development as well? So I can use our cash differently. I can use our assets differently and I can build capital within the business. And I see that as really sort of a bank account. So if we think about trust and value, for me, it's a bank account. How do I get a seat at the table? Because if you're going to play both dual roles, quite rightly, as you said, you have to have a seat at the table in both functions and across the business. And it has to be valued and you have to add to your bank account. Once you start to add some real sort of assets into that bank account, it starts to generate its own interest. And as you generate interest, you find that your value sort of compounds, which is really nice. So you see it's very comfortable then. You've got to maintain it. And that's about being in service of the project. So look, if I was to bring that to sort of a utopia, it is that as the CFO and the CIO, I'm in service of the projects. They are my clients. And if I can't get a seat at the table with them around technology, of how to do their job easier, better, more succinctly, more efficient, then I'll lose my seat at the table and my bank account becomes empty. 
So do you want to talk a little bit about that engagement model? So the way that your role as joint finance tech, and particularly on the tech side, how does tech get that seat of the table of all the different construction projects that HY has running? I go back to HY's culture. We always challenge ourselves to consider the future and what the future is. And if I look back in time, we were probably one of the earliest adopters of the iPads in the construction industry. And we certainly reinvest in our systems and our software and our technology. But six years ago, we were particularly wrapping up some projects in regional New South Wales. And as always, when you're doing that, you anticipate the attrition. So our staff did move on, but we always stay in contact with them. And they came back to us and we had a discussion with them that says, tell us about the competitors. What did they do that you loved? What can we do better? And they were miffed at the fact that our competitors didn't have iPads in their entities. So if we consider that and consider what HY's culture is, then what happens today is as a new staff member comes in and they've been here, we go back to them and we ask them, what do they see as value in our technology? What do they look at? What do they take away from us? And the question put to them was, if we took technology away, what does that mean to you? And quite common, the answer that comes back is that, well, we'd have to go back to a paper-based model and that wouldn't be attractive to us. So I think what's the IT infrastructure look like here? Well, for me, it's about attracting a skilled workforce. I think the global environment now around talent is tough and I think every company is seeing that. So we've got to find an approach that provides broad access to tools and technology for our business to create an integrated workforce that connects our staff through to our clients whilst having a base platform there for them to draw on when they need. That communication, that connection through through to help, through to learning, through to technology, and also through to satisfying the clients. Because as a constructor, the best thing about it is you walk away and you look at your product and you feel success and you feel this real warmth, right? And so technology has to help them achieve the best outcome they can. Construction is tough. There's no doubt about that. It's lots of risks. And so you've got to provide a place for them to be independent and be agile so that they can create their learning and create their success at the end. So I think for IT in Hanson Youngkin, that's where we go. I think the other thing for us is where we head in our operations and what does that look like? What's the speed of technology and how does it change over time? Previously, we had an operational technology department that was invested and embedded within the business and we had a purist technology department that sort of sat outside and look, they were connected, but probably not connected enough. And I think having them connected allows for what I call the zippering up of the business. So we're connected from the base of our systems and we're changing the speed of the software, the speed of our capital investment, whether it be cloud or whether it be server-based, is moving or has to be moving at the same speed as the technology development. And I think having us all together allows for that to happen, which ultimately comes back to the same thing, which is supporting the infrastructure of our clients and also the community for a sustainable outcome, which is important to us. And just finally on IT, how big is the IT team or maybe more broadly the combined IT, OT team? So we have a department that's not particularly big in terms of dedicated people. So I think we now have probably 13 in terms of OT and IT. But again, thinking more broadly, that's because our VDC people are engaged within the business. So again, breaking down the silos, we have them invested. So there's a VIM VDC manager in each state. There's a design manager in each state. So they're connected into the team, but they're not dedicated reporting to us. 
And I think that's a really good thing because, as I said, what we see then is the blurring of the lines, the evolution of the roles from a BIM VDC space through to a site engineer, through to a project manager. So you're taking that skill set all the way through and you're investing in that entrepreneurial technology style. So we've mentioned VDC a couple of times and we probably should explain that. I think it's virtual design and construction. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. And so this obviously invites in the reason that we're talking today, which is around the Autodesk software. And I just wondered if you could just talk a little bit about where VDC and Autodesk and BIM kind of fits into the broader strategy piece. And I'm assuming that this fits around sort of digital transformation and also around some of the goals that you have for particular construction projects and also client servicing. Yeah, so we have a great relationship with Autodesk. We are an EBA customer for them. I think having Autodesk as a partner is about having them as a partner for the future. I touched on it earlier, but previously we would have bought a supply. Now what we do buy is a partner. We talk with them each quarter. We're connected with them on a lower level every fortnight. We talk about what are the early adapters that we can get in place. We talk about our needs. We talk about their needs. And so really what we do is develop a technology that delivers delivers for the future that we're driving that's mutually beneficial to us both. So we work together in a trusted manner. I mean, that's the ultimate of what you have. And I think the value that I have is it's a very open relationship. So we're pushing them. They're pulling us. We're challenging each other's thoughts. And at the end of the day, the bit that I love the most is if they can do something, they will absolutely do it. But they're going to be quite honest and say, we can look at it, but actually we can't do it today. It's not a today thing. It's maybe a six-month thing. So, you know, that honesty about needs and wants versus what's possible and where we're heading is quite exciting. So that connected supplier, that partnership, whereby we're making decisions together today, not just for today, but for the future. And it's not just the future of our projects. It's about the future of sustainability of construction. And I think if you're not in technology today, in five years time, it's going to be a very challenging environment for you to play in because that technology really goes to the heart of construction. I mean, I love it on the sense that if we consider back historically, a builder measures twice and cuts once, right? And if we just sort of think about that analogy for a second, really what technology allows us to do is take off some of the pressure that we've put on each of the roles over the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And it still allows that analogy of precision, of quality, of preciseness, whereby you do measure twice and you cut once. So with Autodesk for us, it's really about getting involved early in the complete package of what Autodesk have to offer, their design, the capture of reality, My personal experience is we have some really great projects that have delivered through Autodesk Complete Package, Meadowbank TAFE, Shepparton College, UQ Queensland, Honeysuckle, so a few other projects along those lines. But my first experience was Meadowbank TAFE. It was a wet and windy day in Sydney, but I got to sit in the office and walk through the whole of the project as it stood today. And sitting beside that was the view of what it would look like in the future. And it was an exceptional experience for me, to be honest. So exceptional. And this is where we talk about the CFO and the CIO together, that what I did was bring that same experience to my finance team who predominantly sit in Adelaide. So we've got a project in Sydney. I was in Sydney with the project team and I've got a team in Adelaide and I took them through projects. Now, they hadn't been out on site for some period of time and they found it exciting. So when you think about that, Really what Autodesk allows us to do is to connect through every function and the matrix of every organisation 
We are absolutely in service of our projects, but in reality, there's a part of me that says the projects would never succeed if we didn't have finance because we'd never pay our suppliers. <laughs> so, you know, connecting the finance teams through to what the project looks like and what they're servicing and who they're servicing is particularly exciting for me. And I know for my team, so exciting that every month now we get together and we do a virtual walkthrough of a different project at a different time. And this month it will be Remediate. So we'll have Remediate come to the finance workshop and take us through that project. So look, I think Autodesk has an amazing future because you can do that with the client as well. And we've had great success in working with the client to understand their needs, explaining to the client our needs, walking them through and using the technology to virtually satisfy both of us in how this construction is going to go and how we can overcome hurdles and reduce risks. And each party can understand what the other party's concerns are or what their excitement is. And I think if we consider that we want a partnership with our supplier, we also want a partnership with our client. That's exceptionally important to us. And so delivering to them on success and quality is one of our real mandates and our passions. And I think it sits within the heart of HY. So having technology do that for us, and that's what we did with Meadowbank and also UQ Queensland. We had an issue with a time delay and it was difficult to articulate. So what the project team did was actually run them through the sequencing of the project, run them through dual sequencing, run them through the virtual build and how it was adapted. And the success of that was the client understood. We could articulate it. And I think if you can articulate it, then you're building a relationship for life. And that's pretty important. It's the actual transparency of that whole process and the explainability of the process as well. That's a real difference there. For sure, because the people that we're working with, they love their product and they love what the outcome is. And you've got architects on the other side who are also passionate about what they want as well. And we're in the middle trying to satisfy all parties. So definitely that transparency, that's core of who we are, an honest, trusted relationship, downstream and upstream. You have to have both or you can't succeed. And I think Hanson Youngkin has been very open in showing that over 105 years, the ability to create that partnership through innovation has really stayed the test of time. And as I say, we really are the push behind Autodesk for stretching their thinking around what's possible for the future. It's exciting for them and it's exciting for us. So as I understood it, you were an early adopter of Autodesk 360 software within Australia. And you mentioned just there that you're pushing them to develop things and they're kind of pulling you along with some other things. Can you talk a little bit more about that dynamic, I guess? And I'm specifically interested in the benefits that you're gaining from that, because obviously when you're first with any sort of technology or you're among the first group of organizations to go with any technology that carries a certain amount of risk, going back to something we discussed earlier in the conversation. So obviously there's a risk reward equation moving there. You're obviously confident that you're able to balance that mostly around reward for Hans and Yunkin in terms of what you're able to get out of this package and be able to demonstrate to clients and also to internal. Yeah, that's for certain. So we are definitely an early innovator. So we probably kick well, sorry, go back a step. We have a dedicated resource to working with Autodesk on what's here today, how do we develop today and what does tomorrow look like. So Paul Nunn is our national BIM VDC manager and he works quite closely with Autodesk. So he was quite early in testing BIM 360. And look, I think Autodesk would be open in saying it's not without its challenges as well, but the evolution BIM 360 through to cloud is really where we're heading. And I think coming back to that partnership, 
where are we heading with Autodesk? What does it mean to be connected to Autodesk? Part of it means being patient as well. And so we're working with them every day on BIM 360. We value our safety quite openly and honestly. And we've just put our safety protocol out to the internet, which is not common. And I think that goes back to our transparency. But Autodesk give us access to trial. So we spend quite a lot of time trialing with them around our checklists, around how we connect with the projects, around what's working and what's not. As we find issues, we work with the business. So we have a collaboration work group that comes together every month that talks about things that went well and things that they find that probably don't. I think the challenge that we present or, or that any business would present to a company like Autodesk is that we have multiple project managers and every project is slightly different. So as you progress people onto new technology, it's sort of an 18-month process because not everyone's going to transition from day one. And each person brings with them a unique way of doing certain things. The other week, I was presented with the problem of, well, how do you do multiple uploads? So in a previous system, if you had a defect within one room of a hotel, you could multiply it by the number of rooms you had in the hotel and you just did this one upload and it went in. So thousand rooms, a thousand defects. And the new system couldn't do that. And so part of this push-pull relationship is about connecting with Autodesk and finding those solutions. So look, we have a great team in Autodesk that support us with a great team behind them. And as we need support globally, we get that as well. As I said, patience is probably a key. Technology is never, as you say, fully fledged when you open the box. <laughs> and I think everyone will experience that. But I think what is that change program that we have within HY? And I think you've got to be honest with yourselves within your own business and ask, is your change management style, is your change management project on track? Are you doing it well? Are you supporting the software in that? So look, I think cloud is very exciting. My ultimate desire as the CFO and the CIO is I get a fully integrated model whereby the supplier or the subby walks on site, they connect through the system, they log in, they present what they're going to do, the program changes, the cash flow model changes, connects through to their invoice and then it gets paid. That's something that I would love personally to see in the next sort of well, I'd love to say three or four years, but perhaps I'm being a bit optimistic. That's probably more of that push relationship. I think that from a financial point of view really allows myself as a finance professional to continue to drive the innovation and to provide access through capital investment and also better financial management of any company. And I think that allows for Autodesk to have a great success of satisfaction moving into the future. Just going back to something you previously mentioned, which was around the modeling allows greater explainability of any sort of complications or other things that might arise through the construction process. Presumably previous to this, the explanation just took a little bit more time or because you would have had to have explained anything beforehand as well. Just trying to understand, I guess, the service standards would have stayed roughly the same, I guess, but it's a different way of delivering that and potentially a more visual way of showing people what any change or alteration in a construction schedule might look like. Yeah, look, I think you would have had previous to this a lot of pen and paper. There would have been a lot of talking. There might have been a little frustration because the biggest risk in any construction is around time and change. So capturing real-time change as it happens, you know, how do you do that before? Really, it's just around pen and paper. And I think financially, it would have been tougher because you would have either had great success or the alternative. So there's a heavy impact 
on all fronts on those abilities. So if we consider what it would have done before, would it have been the same? Look, I don't think financially you would have had the same outcomes and I don't think it would have been collaborative. I think it would have been a bit more confrontational. The virtual simulation that tests change before you proceed, you would have never had that before either. So you would have never had that strategy discussion. You would have never had the streamlined process discussion that everyone bought into. So one person would have made a decision and they would have lived or died by their decision in some cases. So look, I agree that we would have had positive outcomes, but I don't think they would have been as positive or as fast. And I think there would have been a lot more risks along the way financially and also based on time and change. And you could never have explained that unless someone wanted to take photos. I suppose that would be the alternative. But no, I actually don't think you could have got through what you get through today without the technology. What you got before was just a, here was the program before, here's the program now, let me talk you through what we did. And it would have either been easy win or a very confrontational conversation. Just one final question. What excites you about the next 12 months? Oh, that's a difficult question apart from my evolution from the moment the subcontractor walks on site or doesn't let's hope COVID never hits again but per se someone's sick and they don't rock up how does the program change how does my cash flow change because if I can get that then I can reduce risk so I think that evolution is very exciting And I actually see that going all the way through to the bank. So that's pretty cool. The other bit for me is around a balanced success of the tools with our teams. So technology is exciting and you've either got people that adapt it easily and have entrepreneurial style around it, or you've got people that adapt it as its base. I think what I'd like to see is this very functional front end to technology where it's just intuitive. I think we're on our way there, but I don't think we're quite there yet. So that allows people to adapt it earlier for ease of use to support and maintain the mindset of measure twice and cut once, I think really in that space. But I think having that collaboration around the tool sets as well is pretty exciting. So the easier it is to get on board with it, the more functional it is as soon as you get in, the subbies are going to be on board with it more easily and we're going to evolve together. And I think evolving together in that transparent, connected environment, both upstream and downstream, is really what's going to drive sustainability of construction for our complete environment. And I take sustainability quite personally. So for me, that technology really is going to allow us to repurpose what we've got today in our community for a better tomorrow. So construction struggles a bit to be in that changing landscape. I don't know that we're quite on top of things as some other industries might be. We're definitely an evolving space. And I think the last thing is our commercial arrangements. So commercially, I think our contracts probably are not kept up to speed with where the technology is at. And once we can connect those two, both upstream and downstream with the speed of technology, I think will be a truly connected environment that provides for success on all fronts. And I see that at four levels, from the people that supply us through to the people that we engage to build with us, through to our clients and then through to the community. That was Rexine Jones from Hanson Yunkin. And that's the podcast for this week. We'll be back with an exciting new interview next week. Until then... You can catch all the latest headlines in Australian IT over at itnews.com.au.